podcasting. How do I get started? What's it all about? Is there some pitfalls that I should be looking out for? Well, I got some help to answer all of those questions and a few more. I got my good mates Logan Swinkles and Joseph Durry from the Puck Year Podcast, one of New Zealand's premier podcasts in my opinion. The lads normally talk about gaming, pop culture and hockey, inline hockey, ice hockey from not just New Zealand but also all around the world. So the three of us got together and discussed all those topics as well as what you should look out for when you start your own podcast. It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the cappuccino with Constable Brian. Okay, so it's a very big welcome to Logan and Joe, commonly known or also known as Puck Year. Season 3, episode 84 is where they're up to. It's a hockey podcast meets game and pop culture. So they were, for me, they're the ideal guys to talk about podcasting. It's one of my favorite podcasts. So lads, here goes your speed round for you. First one, <laughs> Joe, your favorite podcast, apart from this one and your own, obviously. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, I'd have to say it'd be the 31, stone, sorry, 32 thoughts now nice. with uh, Jeff Merrick and, uh, and Elliot Friedman. Um, yeah, there's no other better hockey podcast apart from uh your one and uh, and our one hey settle down that's all good <laughs> bless logan if you could pick the next nhl cover for ea sports who would it be oh i mean i've put a lot of thought into this obviously i'm a big fan of the games i'm gonna have to say Sidney crosby because he's never been on it and he deserves to be before he retires yeah and quite possibly before austin matthews but that's another story uh joe <laughs> the worst video game i've ever brought is what uh nhl 15 i think it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> the uh the first uh ps4 game for the nhl series it was absolutely brutal it was awesome. a shocker yeah gold uh logan the last book you read the last book i read uh is what i'm reading now actually it's about um i got the recommendation uh from i think from jeff merrick and also steve dangle who are two hockey podcasters that joe and i uh look up to it's a it's a dad book actually it's about um navigating the first the first year of of fatherhood i i can't remember the the name of it right now but nice. yeah it's it's a great dad book awesome good stuff uh joe espn or the nhl app which do you prefer because that's been a hot topic <laughs> this week um can i say tsn <laughs> you could yeah that's all good <laughs> Oh. Um, no, but definitely the NHL app. Uh, mm. Can we just go back a year and be and be living? <laughs> oh, I don't know if actually I don't know if I want to go back to 2020. Um, but yeah, the NHL app definitely over ESPN for sure. Okay, now I know that Logan's got two, which is completely against the rules. You guys know that I'm uh, Calgary Flames through and through. So, in your own time, pick your favourite NHL team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mine is um, I'm I'm an Anaheim Ducks fan, which is quite um, at the moment hurts to say, but yeah. um, just they were the uh, Paul Korea was my favourite player growing up, yeah. um, and he just happened to be on the Ducks, and that was one of the first games I saw. So, um, and like every other New Zealander, they got into hockey basically with through the Mighty Ducks. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll. Uh, I mean, I think most people that know Parkian know that I'm a punishing Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. fan. I do have an Anaheim Ducks jersey behind me, but that is uh, it's a more of a throwback to the movies. Like Joe said, it's a big reason why a lot of us uh, in the New Zealand ice and inline hockey communities get into the sport in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So there's my next question: What made you get into ice hockey in the first place, Joe? Like you said, with your favorite player, for me it was I saw Mike Vernon. Uh, goaltending for the Flames and just thought he was the bee's knees at the time I was playing field hockey. Uh, so what what made you get into ice hockey? Um, it was actually like a, we were in the last year of primary school and um, a mate of ours, his mum started dating a younger man, um, which is very sordid. Um, but his mate had just come back from Vancouver, living a year in Vancouver. Um, and he came back with uh, inline skates and, um, and a hockey stick and got his mate into playing and then obviously got all of us kids playing and we were kind of sick of playing rugby, growing up on rugby and that was all we'd kind of do in the South Island. Um, and it was right around the same time as the Muddy Ducks movie, so it all just kind of came together and from there it was um, a match made in heaven, I'd say. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I mean, obviously it was the Mighty Ducks movies as well. I love all three of them. Uh, I think D3 is a highly underrated sports movie. Uh, but also, funny that you mentioned Mike Vernon because I remember, um, like it started obviously with the Mighty Ducks movies, but then I remember um, seeing NHL on Sky Sport in like the mid-90s and it was always the Colorado Avalanche versus the Detroit Red Wings. And anyone who was watching NHL back in those days knows how heated and how intense that rivalry was both those teams were incredible. Obviously the Red Wings were a freaking dynasty at that time. Some of the best players to ever play the game and to, especially to ever wear the uh, red and white. Um, and then, you know, I just saw them all the time, seeing the likes of Mike Vernon on TV, Chris Osgood, um, same as you actually, Brian, quite a mm -hmm. similar story. I was playing field hockey. Um, I was a goalie and just seeing guys like that, Dominic Hoshik, uh, Martin Brodeur, I was just like, man, this is an awesome sport. And I, I just got hooked ever since. Gold. All right. Now, I think you probably already answered this, but the best hockey movie for you both is what? Ooh, it's a good question. Uh, I'm, I might go off the board a little bit. I actually think Goon. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Goon is like... It's isn't interesting because obviously um, I I had an opportunity to interview uh, Wayne Simmons a few years ago and we talked about hockey movies and uh, we were talking about um, the Mighty Ducks and how everyone loves the Mighty Ducks and then I was like yeah well maybe let's not let parents watch Goon because Goon is probably not gonna want their kids to play <laughs> yeah. hockey the way they dramatize and um, I guess you know make uh, the gory violence and stuff they they make it look cool and. But, the, you know, aside from all of that and the super pretty uh, slow-mo shots of blood and fliss, uh, fists flying everywhere, um, it's just got a really good story to it. There's a lot of heart to it. There's a lot of really awesome characters. They tried to bring it back uh, for a sequel, which wasn't quite as good. Um, Jay Baruchel, I think that was his directorial debut for the second one. But the first one, uh, hands down, um, I know a lot of people say the likes of Slapshot, Youngblood, those are the best hockey movies. But I think for my generation, aside from the Mighty Ducks, I've got to go Goon. All right, Joe. Uh, it's got to be Slapshot. It's um, it's just like, I, don't know, I got into it a lot later being younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mighty Ducks is obviously the introduction. Um, and I don't think you'd have a Goon movie if you didn't have Slapshot. So that's, mm. 
mm. kind of where I'd say. And, and Paul Newman's just so good in it. And um, yeah, people don't think that he was in a hockey movie. It's kind of not in his um, his IMDb top five, but he's um, he's really good. <laughs> in it. Yeah, and it's always the way to spot a real hockey fan if you mention the Hanson brothers and they go. Oh, what? Mbop. You go, nah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's your speed round done. What the hell made you guys decide on an on puck here in a podcast on ice hockey in New Zealand? Because look, let's be honest, uh, when you're thinking of topics, that's probably the one that's furthest from people's minds. So what made you think of puck here? It is super niche. I'll give you that, which is, um, it is kind of a problem that we've run into from time to times. Obviously, the the audience can be a little bit limited, um, but you know there is an audience there and there's a passion there. Obviously, you know there is a lot of passionate hockey yeah. fans around New Zealand. But the whole, I guess, the whole idea of it was um, I've been in the New Zealand like media, like news media, sports news media scene uh, since like 2011, and you know I was trying to get hockey stories told. Uh, I knew they were out there. It was a cool story. You know this. It's a cool sport. There's a lot of um, interesting characters out there. It's a great sport, obviously, on TV. And, you know, if you shot it nicely, I think it would really get a lot of attention, um, you know, from, you know, your mums and dads and whoever who might be watching one or three news. Um, but it was always a struggle. You know, obviously, it's a minority of sport. Uh, as we all know, rugby reigns supreme in New Zealand, even if the numbers don't quite suggest it these days and other sports are starting to to take over, i.e. Uh, basketball. But, um, you know, because it was such a slog, I would maybe get one or two stories that was kind of like, all right, we'll throw Logan a bone. We'll, sh you know, maybe we'll shut him up for six months or so. Um, but I, I was like, that's, that's not enough. Uh, there's so many people, so many stories to be told. So uh, eventually we decided, hey, uh, let's start a podcast. And I was wondering who the heck could I get to do it with? Uh, and then I found out Joe, Funnily enough, I hadn't actually met Joe before we started doing this podcast. I knew of him. Uh, my wife, Sarah, had worked with him previously, and uh, I knew he had a bit of radio experience. So I thought, hey, put two and two together. He might be the guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we uh, we entered an arranged marriage before we'd even met each other. Basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd been kind of doing the same thing, been writing bits of articles and bits and pieces for, um, for ACC and Hodaki where I work, and with that kind of thing, just putting up fights and um, especially goalie fights and <laughs> highlights like that, which go well on, on New Zealand media. And, um, but always kind of was a massive podcast fan, hockey podcast fan, and just wanted to kind of get into it. And um, I guess it was fate. Logan just came along at the right time. And um, it was about, uh, what, six weeks into it, where we lost our first episode with Justin Dague, and we were like, <laughs> what did we sign up to do this for? Why did we agree to do this podcast? Um, but yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting journey. We've um, seen lots of lots of ups and lots of downs and been separated for a couple of years and trying to negotiate <laughs> it that way and yep. come back together. But um, I definitely think it's... Like Logan said, there's a lot of stories within the, the hockey community, um, not just the players, like the fans and the volunteers and everything that um, are really important stories that need to be told. And um, mm. if us or you or, or somewhere else, someone else down the line can tell them, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely not wrong. Um, and there you are, you're right. There are some amazing people in the game of hockey, that's for sure. Um, what were some of the biggest dramas that you guys had when you first set up? 
Oh, oh, this is a this is a good one, Brian. Um, so aside from obviously losing what we thought was an incredible episode uh, with Justin Daigle, the um, captain of the West Auckland Admirals, uh, which was maybe I think it might have been three four weeks in. I think it was our first uh, special guest. We were yeah. we would we started recording the show initially um, at my place, just you know my apartment in Mount Albert. Uh, in like my spare bedroom, it was a little sweat box. And by the time we were done with each episode, we were just dying to get out of that room. Uh, we eventually graduated into a slightly bigger room and then a little studio. And then of course now to the, uh, ACC studio we're in now and in between all of that. Um, yeah, I lived in Australia for a couple of years, so, uh, things had to be done a little bit differently. And of course there wasn't actually a lot of hockey, so there wasn't a lot to talk about, unfortunately. Um, but I think a few weeks into, uh, us being Pakia, we had Jez Brown on the podcast talking about, uh, Slapshot Productions and everything that he did uh, everything he was doing to grow the game uh, via that medium and then that season going into that season um, the NZHL NZHF um, with their power of wisdom decided to scrap that contract and basically go cheap to try and do it themselves um, they did an absolutely shit of a job I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna say it <laughs> if I'm not allowed to swear on this podcast it's fine no, you can fine. beat that that's that's the only swear that I'll say but <laughs> um yeah it was just it was a nightmare um the way it was handled you know jez deserved a lot better treatment that treatment than that a lot more recognition than that with everything he's done because it wasn't just the live streaming he did he did a lot for branding and marketing to really put it out there and really sell the game to kids which of course is super important yeah um to try and grow that game and try and create like stars out of the players and you know make guys like paris hide and you know seem larger than life um and he did a great job of that and i felt like he really got mistreated in that kind of situation um and when we did our podcast on it that, I think today that is still our most listened to podcast. It just blew up. Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, John? it was kind of like, um, okay, here we go. We're going to do this podcast. We're going to get in. We're going to, the league's going to be great. We're going to get, maybe create some video out of it. Oh, the entire uh, media for NZ NZHL has disappeared. Okay. Um, <laughs> where do we go from here? And then um, just like, uh, there was a one episode where all that news kind of came out and Logan had um, Sam Hewitt on and it was that kind of story was breaking on stuff. And I think that was one of the kind of more prouder moments of doing this podcast was it felt like we were um, investigative journalists. We were kind of breaking this, <laughs> this story and, um, and just knowing that um, it wouldn't have come out if we weren't involved in that kind of thing. And yeah, holding back, getting uh, emails from the Federation and saying, you can't go and say that you need to talk to us first and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty cool. And, but yeah, just the having to do things on it with a, so at sometimes a, a sport, which isn't as supportive and um, as welcoming as what we would hope yeah. um, has been at times difficult, but um, we just kept going and plugging through and causing yeah, trouble. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> Okay, so if I could give you guys one guest of your any choosing on your podcast for an hour, who's it going to be? Oh, you go first, Joe. Um, I'd like to get 
just because he would be such a good a good chat. Can I do a combo? Can I do a family? Can I get Bob and um, <laughs> Sean McKenzie as a family? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that would be really good. Because you'd have all the stories from from Bob being basically the you know the original insider, hockey insider, um, the way that the media's changed and everything, and how he's still kind of plugging away. And and now his son, who's kind of taken over as being this new kind of the face of new media for the NHL, I think would be. I think we could have them on for ten hours, not just one yeah. hour. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I mean, um, I'm a huge Sportsnet supporter. Uh, I like Sean McKenzie, and then you know, Bob McKenzie is Bobby Mack. He is just Bobby Margarita. He is he's a freaking god amongst hockey insiders. Uh, but I would have to go with um, same kind of thing. But I'm I'm going to go a different route. I would have to say Chris Johnston, uh, aka Reporter Chris. Uh, and Elliot Friedman, just they're just two hockey uh, reporters and insiders that um, I, I really love the way that they just tell the story, the way they can deliver the news, break the news, and the fact that they've been plugging away at it for so so long, and have only gotten better and better. And, you know, they're like fine, like a fine wine. This got better with age. Those two, they look better with age too. I got it. Yeah, I th- those two would be a dream. And I was listening to uh, CJ's own podcast recently when he was talking about his move. Um, it was kind of like this. He was talking about podcasting and moving away from uh, the place he had been for so long and wanting to launch his own podcast. And then, yeah, he was talking about all that stuff. And I was like, man, this is, this is great. And you know, he was like, I want to, I want to do a world tour. Uh, and then I was like, cool. Well, you come yeah, to New like Zealand, it. man, the doors open anytime. <laughs> Not wrong. Now, when you first start off with your podcast and I know this, and I know that you guys definitely know this as well. Uh, when you look at those listenership figures to start off with, they're kind of depressing, aren't they? Cause you sort of go, well, there's my mum, there's my cousin uh, and probably an uncle and maybe a friend of a friend in Canada. And that's about it. Um, what would be your advice to somebody starting off with a podcast and listenership figures? Because I think it's a trap that every podcaster falls down, isn't it? Yeah, I would say to start with, and this goes for anything. It's not just podcasters, whether you're a, you know, a YouTuber, whatever you want to do, anything that's kind of creative. If you're doing it because it's something that you're interested in, it's a subject that you really love, um, ignore the numbers. Just don't, just don't pay any attention to start with because it is just going to get you down. Um, you might lose a bit of motivation there and that's not what it's about to start with. Just spend that time honing your craft, figuring out what you want to do. I mean, we at Puck Year, you know, we have changed over the years. We have not been the same podcast all the time. We've tried different things. We've tried different formats and, you know, ways of doing things. And we would eventually stumble upon I guess something that worked for us, something that we really enjoyed. And we thought it was something that the audience enjoyed as well. So um, just take your time and figure out what you, what it is you want to do as a podcaster, because I guarantee you most likely will not hit it uh, from episode one. No, not wrong. Joe. Yeah. Just, um, I think every, I think it's like do at least 10 episodes before you make a decision either way. If you're going to, if you enjoy it, keep going. If you don't enjoy it, then stop numbers don't really mean anything because that shouldn't be the reason why you're doing it like Logan says um and yeah it's <laughs> don't be afraid of failure because yeah yeah it's the best nine way. out of ten do fail so you if, if you are <laughs> the one that go is the success then um 
it's a great thing, but it shouldn't be something that is defined on success. It should be something that you actually enjoy doing rather than anything else. Yeah. So you guys probably know this being in the media, but there's currently over 2 million podcasts, 850,000 of them are active. And there's about 48 million episodes as of April, 2021. And that's not all Pike gear in the cappuccino either. Uh, and yet <laughs> the listenership of podcasts continues to rise. Most of the time, people are listening on a phone and mostly at home. Uh, some of the guys at the station find it quite eerie when they come in sometimes and hear your voices <laughs> coming from my locker as I'm trying to look and listen to a pack year as I'm getting changed. <laughs> so where do, where do you guys do most of your listening, your podcast listening? I love that. That's awesome. Uh, shout out to the New Zealand police uh, <laughs> here in Pakia. Um, I mean, for me, most of the time it's list- it is listening on my phone, usually on my commute to work, to and from home. Yeah, I'd be the same. I'm kind of lucky um, in my role where I can put a headphones on at work and where I'm working on a, a, a piece of um, social media or a story or um, promotion or whatever like that. I can check headphones on and, and listen to an episode or, or two while I'm working away and pretending that I'm not listening to my boss trying to tell me to do something. Excellent. Right. Okay. So uh, Income School Source says that the average podcast is downloaded about 141 times in its first month, while the most successful, the top 10%, get just over three and a half thousand downloads in a month. Do you guys get hooked into the listenership stats with your podcast or or you do what I do where I have a look at them and go, oh yeah, whatever, because that's only one (laughs) platform and carry on. Uh, I think Joe could probably speak to on the ACC side of things uh, a bit more, but I know with Puck, yeah, uh, I, I don't really look so much at like the numbers, like the listener numbers or the download numbers, but I'm curious about where those listeners are, mm-hmm. like where our audience is. Um, a huge chunk of our audience is actually in Auckland, New Zealand, but there's a lot across the country. There's also a bit of a following in Australia and Sydney and Melbourne uh, and in the UK, and then of course USA and Canada, um, and bizarrely enough, Finland, uh, I think is in our top five. Yeah, I get Russia and Sweden. I can't figure that, but yeah, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my uh, a lot of my job is getting numbers and putting them into spreadsheets and presenting them and working on the trends and stuff for the ACC. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because it we would Lug and I were talking the other day and. The company that I work for, there was a former person there who about three years ago said, uh, oh, podcast, no, they're, they're going to be dead in two years. Don't worry about it. Radio is where it's at. And now it's um, yeah. our company is pushing podcasts more than radio, more than it seems like. And every radio personality is not only doing a radio show, they're also doing a podcast, which is on top of separate to their radio content um, because they know that that's a way that they can find an audience which is completely unique to that show and really drill down and connect with them better than a, a wide ranging FM frequency that's going out everywhere. It's your audience is choosing to mm. connect with that show and that content mm. rather than just um, it being blasted through the stereo to them. So um, yeah, just well, yeah, all we do is drill down into that yeah, analytics I, I- of everything and, <laughs> Yeah, feel like I'm James Myrtle putting together a spreadsheet or something. <laughs> so 83% of Australians are familiar with podcasting, and that's a huge audience. Uh, but for you guys, where's the balance between your content and your advertising? Are we ever going to get 
park gear swamped by sponsors uh, <laughs> and he's hoping uh, and maybe you've got like seven or eight different sponsors like you'd be listening to some of the American podcasts and the first 15 minutes are pretty much sponsorship adverts would you guys ever go down that road or would you're more interested in the content uh i think i mean for us it's more about the content it's more about the interviews mm. um because it is such a niche topic you know it's it's going to be something that probably will be hard to attract um advertisers or you know to be sponsored by manscaped or someone else you know <laughs> that i keep seeing um i saw that recently or cj got uh manscaped which was interesting uh no i th i think we'll, we just focus on the content it's, it's what people want you know um i i'm i don't mind podcasts that have a little bit of the ads and stuff as long as they're kind of integrated um properly the ones where it's just like a you know like the host is just reading off a sheet really awkwardly for like mm -hmm. a minute or two i'm just like yeah i'm definitely fast forwarding here but you know if it's all part of it and they just kind of make it feel a bit more i don't know just like it fits within the style of the show i'm fine mm -hmm. with that it's the same with like youtubers you know you will see it like some will really shoehorn that ad in there others will put it right at the end of the video which honestly i appreciate yeah. um <laughs> because most people are not going to get that far let's be honest um and then others actually do like little skits and stuff for their uh, sponsors which i appreciate that kind of effort if you're going to do that for a sponsor i'm like yeah sure whatever get your money um but yeah i think for us we're definitely more just focusing on that content yeah if anyone manscape um Anyone wants to sign us up? I'll read anything. There you go. I thought I thought you're gonna say I thought you're gonna say you'll do a YouTube video using the product. That's all good. <laughs> okay, so uh, nearly three out of four people say that they listen to a podcast to learn new things. Okay, yours is pop culture, hockey, and gaming. Mine's interesting people that I meet or I associate with. So while you're both sitting down, what's the greatest lesson Puck Year has given you so far? Ooh. Oh man, that is a that's a tough question. Um, I honestly episode. Yeah. <laughs> aside from that, yeah. Save, I mean, save your uh, save your computer so it doesn't we lose an episode into the ether. Yep. Um, the, what was it? The motherboard fried. We had like a uh, Liam Stewart in, in the uh, studio um, shortly after he got out of MIQ, and we couldn't have the cameras on because we fried it doing uh, a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So never never rely on technology too much, I would say would be the uh the optimum then. Um but yeah, I guess it's just um yeah, don't be afraid of failure, I think it would be the one thing because if you yeah, if you're worried about things going wrong or no one liking it, I guess that's just the main thing. Just if you're into it, that should be the only thing that really matters. Yeah. You're guaranteed one yeah. listener, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I, I would also add to that, that when you do start building up um, a followership, a listenership, a community, um, do whatever you can to nurture it um, and make those people feel supported. I, I think we're really experiencing that a lot at the moment, especially with the whole NHL ESPN thing. You know, a lot of people are reaching out to us more than I honestly was thought would we've been overwhelmed with messages both on parkier our personal twitters instagram everything and it's it just goes to show that when you do spend the time on your podcast um and you sort of garner 
that kind of relationship with your audience um, and you sort of create, I guess, like a trusted brand, mm. you know, um, you know, they'll, they'll come to you. So uh, if you get to that kind of point with a podcast, you know, just make sure you nurture it and, you know, look after the people that were there for you from day one. Not wrong. Okay. So your best mate comes to you and says, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. What are the top three pieces of, uh, pieces of advice that you would give them? Like snippets. <laughs> Uh, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, I I think have a plan. Uh, have an episode plan. Um, mm. We go into each episode with a Google Doc that is a few pages long, and there's there's no way we get through everything. We just don't have the time um, for like a thirty five minute podcast. But um, yeah, just stay planned, and you know have your questions ready, but don't be afraid also to sort of go off off script a little bit. You know, there's a lot of times um, I, I've sort of found when we we're doing interviews to begin with, it was all just the ones we had written down. But then mm -hmm. as we got more comfortable doing interviews uh, and talking to people, uh, I found that we would go more with the flow. And honestly, sometimes I'm not lying. We don't even go into an interview with questions. We just go with topics and we just go off the bat and just whatever happens, happens. Um, but that comes with uh, experience. Um, so just start off slow, be planned, uh, figure out what you want to do um, and, and go from there. Um, and I guess the third one, you got to have obviously the gear and then gear is yeah, a lot more accessible these yeah. days, which is a good thing. Um, and the I think the pandemic has really taught us that you know, you can just do a show with Zoom and people are happy with it. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, it used to be you had to go into a recording studio and and sit up in there and have recorded everything into Next Gen, which was the radio program and everything. But now it's just, you as long as you've got a good mic in a fairly okay room, um, <laughs> you can get away with a good, a good recording. But yeah. know a friend who um, has a little bit of, technical um, knowledge that if you do get into trouble um, you haven't lost all your work I'd say it would be a good thing <laughs> not wrong either hey, look, you want to try being a police officer recording it in a police car with just one mic that's all I'm going to say <laughs> okay so any final thoughts on podcasting before we launch into some of the questions about the game we you and I and all the rest of the listeners love hockey so any final thoughts on podcasting uh, just have fun doing it. Honestly, you know, we were saying before, don't be bogged down in the numbers. Um, there's definitely been times where, I mean, with Joe and I, like we, we've struggled from time to time because we were just like, do we continue this? Do we, do we just stop? And I mean, we've taken breaks and mm. I would say that's one thing is, um, don't be afraid to take breaks as well. You know, don't, mm. A, a, a lot of podcasts will be like, yo, we've got an episode every week. But like you mentioned earlier, there is so many podcasts that if you take a week off, I don't really think it's going to hurt you that badly. Um, no. You know, you definitely got to think about your mental health as well. So if you're feeling tired or burnt out or you, or you just don't feel like you're up to getting on onto a microphone that day, just skip it a day or, or mm -hmm. a week or, or whatever it is that you need. Um, don't feel like that you just have to do it for the sake of putting content out. No, and it's kind of like every every one that you do makes you better and better at, at it. And you don't really realize it until you get 25 episodes down the line and you're like, oh, shit, I was 
so nervous before I started when we did the first few, but now you kind of just, you get into your flow and you, yeah, like Logan said, you have a plan when you're going into it, but that plan can kind of be completely thrown out when your guest says something completely crazy and knowing that you can then pivot on it and, and roll with that question is, um, is a skill that you will never have um, starting off, but you always, no. as you keep going, you learn and learn and, 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 and gain that kind of ability, which is really, really, I'm, I've gotten so much better when, since when we first started and um, yeah. it's just yeah. by, just by naturally doing more and more episodes. It's not yeah. anything that I've done. I haven't read a book or haven't listened to a, a self-help podcasting episode or anything. It's just repetition and, um, and gaining that skill base. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm the same. I mean, I didn't go to radio school or anything like that. I went to film school uh, and I was always the one behind the camera or behind the computer, but doing this kind of thing really took me out of my comfort zone. And I, I'm, I'm really glad I did it because I'm a lot more confident now as a speaker being on a microphone or in front of a camera or anything like that. Um, same as Joe, I would listen back to older episodes and Ooh. you're just like, wow, okay, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm not that same person anymore. But, yep. you know, when you take that time to really sort of work on your craft and work on your skills, you know, you'll get better. So just uh, take your time with it. If you're a new podcaster, just, yeah, just stick with it. Uh, and hopefully eventually if it's a passion and it's a topic that people enjoy and you've got an audience, um, it'll continue to grow and you'll really start to see, I guess, the fruits of your labor. Not wrong. Okay. One other question on podcasting, which I haven't given you is how do you guys choose your guests for Puck Gear? Because it's quite difficult, isn't it? I mean, if I sit you in a room and say, hey, you've got to talk to this, this person for 45 minutes, it's actually like you've just said, it's a real skill. It's, um, and if we'd all had a dollar for somebody that we knew who said, oh, yeah, I'm going to start my own podcast up and I'll talk to people. It's actually not that quite that easy. So um, how do you guys pick your guests for Puck Gear? Uh, well, sometimes we have vetted uh, guests because <laughs> we don't want to go too controversial or say things that will get us in, in hot water. And, you know, we've, we've treaded that line uh, a few times. You mentioned, Joe, earlier about uh, the NZHF getting out, uh, reaching out to us saying, we can't say these things, you've got to come to us first. Um, well, we had the president of the Federation on the podcast at the start of the year, and he let slip about the Auckland Marco and that went out. And um, I, I feel bad that there was a little bit of a shitstorm that came out of that, but these things happen. And that is something that we, that we did learn from that we just have to make sure that our guests are aware anything that you say while we're recording is will out. come out, <laughs> yeah. is out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is definitely the main thing. Yeah, I guess it's just um, we try and in the beginning when we were doing it, we were kind of it was like a weekly kind of recap of of NHL or any news kind of stuff like that. Um, but then we kind of moved to being more guest based and non time specific, kind of just mm -hmm. focusing on topics, topics yeah. that will be have longevity. I think if people listen to it, they can drop in at any time yeah. um so it's more about that just picking a guest that um is a based around a topic which if you think people will be interested in and then we'll kind of have a bit of uh, long legs in it and and anyone that really picks up the phone more than anything answers our calls <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> yeah i, I think uh 
Yeah, I think one of my favorite interviews uh, recently actually is when we um, I talked to Martin Lee a few months ago and we talk about doing interviews that are evergreen. Uh, I really enjoy doing ones that are almost historical in a way, going back to a tournament or a time with a team that is long gone, uh, especially pre days of you know live streaming and everything being on the internet. You know, um, sometimes these stories, these games have never been heard of uh, by certain audiences and some of them I'm hearing for the first time and I want to learn about it. And so I hope from that that the listeners uh, do the same. So, you know, there was a time when the New Zealand team went to, um, I, th I think it was Israel and they won. Was it Israel? I remember. Um, but yeah, they won gold and, you know, that was... New Zealand don't win double HF gold too often, but that was a special, special moment. Um, so yeah, I definitely really enjoy doing those kind of interviews where we get to really learn something. That's awesome. All right. Okay. Now that we've just gone down that hockey path, let's go for it. So here we go. Who wins it this season in the NHL? Let's oh, go straight on. Oh, definitely, definitely not the Leafs. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's saying Colorado because they're like they're that big sexy pick, I think. But I would like I don't. It's not crazy to think that Tampa Bay could win again. Like mm -hmm. they didn't really like they lost their third line basically. But everyone wants to play and stay in Tampa because it's sunny, the money's really good. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay tax. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they've got that core together like Kucherov. They got an amazing defenseman. And he'd been in an all-star goal. And if you've got that core, you can kind of go a long way. So everyone's kind of riding off Tampa. Now you can't do three in a row, but I think they're a good chance. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you can sleep on Tampa. The three-peat is definitely um, on the cards. I mean, yeah, like they lost guys like Yanni Gord, who I think uh, were a lot more key to that team than some people might realize. Of course, you've got your your big player names with Stamkos and Cooch. But, you know, there's there's role players there as well that know what they're doing. Um, I, of course, I would love to say the Leafs are going to do it, but I, it's, it, it's hard to know at this stage. Um, for years, I've been wanting to see the Dallas Stars do something, and they've come kind of close, mm. but not really close enough, obviously. Mm. Um, same with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I, I think Colorado, I, I do have to think that Colorado, if they don't do it this year, I mean, something's up, and I'm probably going to blame Nazem Kadri for that. Nice. <laughs> but right. he just needs to not get suspended in the playoffs again, which would probably be a good thing. That will help them. Yeah. Hey, look, what do the Leafs need to do to actually go further <laughs> than what they're going in the playoffs? And I'm not throwing this out at you, Logan, right? But I've got friends who live in Toronto, and they say that the media, media in Toronto is absolutely feral when it comes to the Leafs, you know? Uh, the second they start uh, losing games or they pick players that shouldn't be, they believe shouldn't be picked in the team, then basically it's an open slather slating. So what do you guys think that the Leafs have actually got to do to actually go past that first round in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's mental more than anything, to be mm. honest. Uh, the skill is there, the talent is there in the team. Uh, obviously there's been some bodies come, um, and go, and, you know, we've got some new players coming through as well. Um, but the fact that you've got, you know, Jack Campbell in goal and, you know, we've got Peter Morazic as a backup, I, I think is going to be really good as well. Uh, I've been really, <laughs> um, cagey about Michael Hutchison being around in the net for a couple of years now, but he's sort of proven himself. Um, so him 
floating around there at number three. I'm okay with that. And, uh, you know, they say you've got to build a championship championship team from the net out. And, I mean, by all means, they're not the best goalies in the league, but, you know, they, they get the job done. Um, the defense is obviously the big question there. Uh, I'm only two episodes in into the Amazon series, all or nothing. I'm a bit um, nervous to watch the rest for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's there's really good defensive players there and, you know, um, Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley. And then, of course, you know, you've got we, – we know the big names. We know the big four. Uh, I think this is the year of William Nylander. I think it's finally going to come. You know, a lot of attention has been on Austin Matthews, uh, Mitch Marta, and John Tavares. I think this is the year um, Willie Styles really comes firing out of the gate and uh, hopefully gets something done and finally gets that monkey off the back because he is basically the scapegoat for that city. A good Calgarian boy, William Nylander. Yeah, Calgary-born. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Calgary-born William Nylander. Not wrong. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. In that documentary, there's there's a scene before Game 7, um, and I won't spoil it, but I think you know what happens in Game 7, Logan. Um, I think nothing happened. Oh, yeah, all or nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a nothing. But um, but there's a quote from Paul McLean, who's one of the who's ex uh, of Senators coach. And he's like an assistant coach now. He's just like, um, you know, they're they're talking about Mitch and they're talking about Matthews and um, John and stuff. Morgan Riley. He's like, they've got demons demons under their bed. They got demons in their closets. They got demons down the hallway. They got demons when they get in the car. So I think it's just. <laughs> it's and it's been a weird kind of thing like they were in the bubble they had that weird bubble series mm -hmm. there's and then john tavares got injured last year and muzzin got injured in the year before there's been a lot of things that if it happened to any other team no one would really mm. would just be like oh you know another first round exit blower but because that media is so magnified there and people freak out about it um there hasn't really been that kind of thought of well, this is just an unfortunate set of circumstances that could happen to any team. And I mean, only one team can win the Stanley Cup every year. It's not like 31 teams win. Mm. So I think it's just getting through that that mental barrier. And those kids are all still pretty young. Mm. And I think once they get through that first year of winning that first round, they could easily go to the third round or the Stanley Cup finals straight away just because they've beaten that, beaten that demon or slayed the dragon to quote Jim Houston or whatever. Um, so just to get through that kind of first barrier, I think is key. And from there, they could definitely go as far as possible. Right. Okay. So the NZA IHL season and obviously the Women's Ice Hockey League as well were cut short, just like everything else this year because of wonderful COVID. Uh, what do you, What do you think's been the biggest sort of new story of the season, apart from the Marco, obviously? Oh. Apart um, from the Marco. Well, I mean, I, I, the Marco was a big thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's hard to say because uh, I know there's a lot of hate in Queenstown at the moment, but um, I would say probably Liam Stewart's last game for the Stampede. Um, I don't think we've heard the end of that story yet, but he got suspended for uh, six games for an abusive official. And, I mean, it is something that is important to – to control and you know we don't want to see uh referees and officials quitting the game because they're getting abused on the ice we don't want any of that because you know a lot of it is you know they're they're volunteers and they're doing it because they love the game and 
Um, I think sometimes, you know, the standard of officiating in the in this league really gets scrutinized quite heavily. Uh, and I mean, I know like the payers do pay to play. That is, I think, one key thing that people listening need to realize is you know, it's not a professional league. It's not semi-pro. Mm. It is very heavily in the amateur realm. Um, you know, we've tried to do things to try and make it feel a bit more professional, but in, in every sense of the word, it is an amateur league. Um, so I, I totally understand the frustration that players get when they feel like they've been hard done by because they are pay, paying to play. And it's the same with the women's league as well. You know, um, I think it is no secret that women's hockey uh, has got a bit of a raw deal and, you know, historically, and it's mm -hmm. only now that we're starting to see uh, an improvement in that and that we're starting to see growth and more people um, flocking to those women's leagues and realizing that while it is a completely different style of game, you don't have the physical side of things. You've got that speed and that skill, which makes it a little bit different. And I think it is just as awesome to watch. So, um, you know, we definitely see issues there across the board, but um, I think just one thing there with that suspension, um, you know, Liam Stewart, I think feels a little bit hard done by, and I totally understand that. And because of those six games, he's then moved on to the UK and those games carry over to that league. So even though he moves back over there to home to Milton Keynes, uh, he can't play for six games. So that's, that's a bit of a downer, but mm. um, I think that is, yeah. One story that's probably, we have not heard the end of yet. <laughs> right. What um, Yeah. For, for me, I kind of, it'd be more um, seeing that second year. It, it kind of sucks because it's again been broken up by COVID, but on a local Auckland side of things, like seeing that second year of having AJ and Justin involved in that Auckland Ice Hockey Association and kind of building what, starting building what they want to have it look like. Um, yeah, it does suck that it has been two years of um, stilted progress, mm -hmm. but you can already see like, you know, the market already are being part of that, but building that... Um, keeping kids playing, getting them playing and keeping the young kids being part of the game. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, I can't wait for four or five years down the line when we see like the fruits of what Justin and, and AJ have created in Auckland um, with those junior kids playing together, then moving on to the, the Admirals of the Swarm. Well, first, I guess, the Marco, then the Admirals of the Swarm, and then hopefully the under-20s and the Ice Blacks and um, just making New Zealand hockey um, a way, way stronger um, product and community from um, having a bit of a, a pathway and a plan. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, and, 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 don't like that's, it. And also, that is one thing that we cover quite heavily uh, with the podcast this year is the idea of the triple star camp that the uh, NZHF were running. And the whole idea of that, um, the big story behind that was that trying to create that pathway for younger kids to make it through those age groups from the under 18s, the under 20s, and then and graduate up to the ice blacks and the ice ferns and sort of create that relationship. You know, they're not these big, scary senior players. You know, it's their people that you can look up to, their mentors, and, you know, they can help you along your way and help you get better at your game and realize what it takes to be an international player and to represent your country uh, on that kind of scale and, you know, what you can do to sort of help push that game to that next level. Cause that's something that, you know, New Zealand has been doing for a while. We've been knocking on that door, trying to get to that next international level. 
and for whatever reason, we have not quite got there. But uh, a big thing there with that triple star program is to try and address those issues and have all the teams to be kind of coached in a real similar way so that when players do graduate from one age group up to the next, um, they know what they're doing, they know what they're going, what they're going into, and they can be confident that they can perform. Okay, so the next question, I guess, is the player find of the season that we saw in that short season for the NZIHL was who? Who do you think? I, I, it's got to yeah, be one this is an easy one. Yeah, yeah, this is an easy one. Go on you go, you're the Canterbury boy. You do it, Joe. You do it. <laughs> now, Jacob Carey from, um, from Christchurch. Um, like, I think we saw having him involved in the Marco and playing um, – with that older group as well and just his skills were just unbelievable mm. and the future is incredibly incredibly bright for that kid yeah yeah no argument um and that's the great thing about the marco they you're watching those guys from their very first game for the marco and then towards the season's end they were well as we as you well know we won a game so we were beginning to get competitive and people were doing stuff so that was great uh, new zealand ice hockey often gets slammed on overseas social media and I've seen that there's been uh, a little bit on <laughs> YouTube where you guys have answered back and sort of said, do you think that some people just don't get it? Like when I talk to my friends in Canada, they say, hey, look, it's like taking uh, Canadian rugby, first grade rugby, and getting the All Blacks to play against them. You're not going to see Connor McDavid in Avondale, to be fair. It's, he's, he's just not going to happen. Um, but do you think just most New Zealanders don't actually get it? Uh, I think New Zealanders get it. I think it's um, it's more the international side of things. We see, yeah, like you say, um, it is like we're compared to this level that we're so yeah. far below. Mm. Uh, you know, we'll get cocky Canadians or Americans jumping into the live streams for NZI Chow games, and they'll be like, "This is this is so bad. This is worse than like my junior A league or Pee Wee hockey or mm. you know whatever." Um, you want to throw at them but i mean factor of matter is those countries are a tier they're division one whereas new zealand is division two two b or division three uh there is a lot of steps between there uh between those divisions so yeah i mean the fact of the matter is it is just a completely different kettle of fish and i just i do get frustrated sometimes that mm. these countries that are hockey nations um don't see countries like new zealand and australia and think oh it's awesome that these countries are actually trying to give this game a go that the game that we love the game that we're good at and have been playing our whole lives um giving it a go and trying to grow it in a region of the world that wouldn't typically be known for hockey i mean you know same goes with mexico and you know all those countries that new zealand typically play against you'll see we'll play them or North Korea and they'll be like, do they have ice rinks in those countries? I mean, exactly. like, yeah. yeah. And when you have ignorant comments like that, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It, it just really frustrates me that people would have that mindset, but that's fine. I mean, you know, we, we get arrogant and ignorant rugby fans in New Zealand too, but I like yeah. to think that we're at least a little bit more supportive of those, um, those lower tier nations. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. It's just, can, why can why can't you just be happy that you're seeing more people playing hockey? Because it's not like hockey is um, American football. It's not like it's baseball. It is a it is a minor well not minor but it is a a lower level sport in the states. It's what the fourth of the big four. So yeah. 
and as soon being overtaken by UFC probably. So you should just kind of be happy that there's more and more people around the around the world and around the globe playing hockey and, and enjoying the amazing sport that it is rather than just shooting people down when they're trying to get involved. Yeah, let's be honest. We've all been to that rink in Canada and been owned in a game of shinny by a six-year-old from Canada whose <laughs> skills are just like, yeah, all good. Okay, uh, Jack Eichel goes where? <laughs> <laughs> You can feel the KHL. <laughs> He's going um, to Russia. <laughs> I I think the uh, Anaheim would be quite good. Um, I've kind of put a package together that I think could make it happen. Um, just to get all HF boards on it. Um, of John Gibson, um, John Josh Manson, and. Mason McTavish, which I think is quite a good deal. Um, but I don't want to see those players in the same division as the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That'll, that'll haunt the Leafs having, um, having to go up against John Gibson all the time. Um, but it looks like the Rangers, the Rangers are kind of the team that makes sense. Um, big market team. Um, they've got their assets to trade for him or they're like coming out of their rebuild. Um, and I'm sure he wants to go and play in, in New York get out of western new york Mm, (laughs) logan what do you reckon i just think he needs to go to a team that actually want to respect his decision to get the surgery that he thinks he needs to be healthy and to have a long happy life um you're only playing hockey for so long especially these days uh some players are gone by the time they they hit their 30s someone like jack eichel with his skill set probably a bit longer but, you know, he's thinking long-term here, whereas, unfortunately, the Buffalo Sabres weren't. And I would say they've been very short-sighted on, on this argument. The fact that, you know, sure, it's a surgery, um, the, the disc replacement surgery is something that hasn't been done in hockey before, but it is not an uncommon surgery at all outside of that. So wow. um, the fact that they're staying strong in this and they stripped the C of him, it just the, the lack of respect, of respect that they showed him, um, I thought was really disappointing. You know, of course, there's always been that rivalry uh, between Jack Eichel and, you know, Connor McDavid and, and everything there. But um, East probably is where he would go. I mean, West would be really cool. Um, I've I've seen players move to somewhere like the LA Kings and rejuvenate their career a little bit um, because they're in a lesser of a hockey market, you know, somewhere where all the media isn't on you maybe even like Arizona Coyotes, you know, I mean, something like that would be cool, especially when um, they're sort of struggling and they're trying to do whatever they can to get eyeballs on them and get people in seats and find a new home and everything. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think a smaller market team, I think will hopefully be a better option there for Jack Eichel. All right. So next place to get an expansion team is where in the NHL? <laughs> uh, Quebec, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of Somewhere, our listeners would be pissed off if it wasn't Quebec City. Yeah, yeah Quebec or uh, another team in Toronto, which I know would uh, piss Logan off. But I'd say it had to have to be Quebec because, yeah, I think Canada definitely needs an eighth team. Um, yeah, yeah. You probably couldn't. There's probably nowhere out west, right? Well, where else would you go? Saskatchewan or? <laughs> yeah. That's rough rider territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It's getting and having a team. <laughs> Having a team that's that um, 
inter-province rival with uh, Montreal again, like, would be really good, I think. All right, so, Logan, here we go. How well did the Seattle Kraken do first season? We know they've got an amazing captain. They nabbed them from us. Uh, <laughs> and do you think that the Las Vegas Golden Knights have set the benchmark for a new franchise coming in now? Uh I kind of feel like Vegas is an outlier, to be honest. I think just Same. they they hit the ground running. They had mm. someone like Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, that I, yeah, I just think it was lightning in a bottle. And the way it all happened, it just all came together. And it was fantastic. It was amazing. It was exciting. Um, I mean, Seattle learned that kind of, same kind of mindset, I guess, because, you know, they lost the NBA team a long time ago. You know, they've got their baseball team. Um, I can't even remember if they've got an NBA team anymore. No, no, I just said that no, the yeah. NBA team. Um, yeah, I mean, it was mainly the Mariners and, but, you know, and of course the Seattle Seahawks, which is the big ticket in town as far as pro sports go. But um, I just don't see them repeating the same kind of success that Vegas did. I don't think we'll, we'll see them being an expansion team that we've seen in the past that have languished for a few years. I think they might be more mid-tier um, you know, they do have a few good players. Um, obviously, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Mark Giordano. When he got picked up, I was like, wow, <laughs> that is yeah. that is a huge move. Great for him, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the writing's on the wall, really, for Seattle. I mean, there's a lot of expectations there for them. Um, I hope that if things don't really happen in, in the first couple of years, they don't just throw everything out the window and go nuts. But you never know when it, with an expansion team, anything could happen. Yeah, not wrong. Joe? Yeah, like I, I think to it's a weird kind of um, analogy, but Vegas got the perfect hand. Like they just, everything went right for them that first year. And, you know, they always say that the house always wins. Well, they somehow became the house of hockey and, and won that year. And I, I don't think that will ever happen again like that. I don't think. And if, Say, uh, Seattle squeak into the playoffs. I think they should, or are on the on the cusp coming down the down the stretch. I think people should celebrate that as a massive success for a first year team, rather than wow they didn't go to the Stanley Cup final when Vegas did it. Or I think is is yeah like like I said, I think it was something that will never happen again and and be the outlier of expansion teams rather than the than the norm and go back to the and yeah I don't think we'll go back to the days of San Jose or. No. Or the Ducks, whatever, losing 60 games a year. No. Amen to that. All right. Now, now that we've spoken about Marc-Andre Fleury, do you think it's only a matter of time before the Chicago Blackhawks have got to change their name, their logo, or their mascot, given what's gone on in Cleveland with the Indians becoming the Guardians, Washington going from being the Redskins to the football team? Do you think it's only a matter of time? Uh, I don't. Actually, um, it's, this is actually something that I've sort of looked into quite a lot, especially around the time, you know, we were sort of talking about here in New Zealand about the Canterbury Crusaders wanting to change their name. And, you know, obviously the Chicago Blackhawks using the uh, Native American imagery there, um, I've sort of wondered, is, is that okay? You know, and I looked more into it and a big reason why I think they will still continue that name is because uh, the name... The origin, it kind of is paying respect to the Native American um, people from that area. 
a little bit more than obviously the Cleveland Indians or mm. um, the Washington Redskins, mm. which, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they, you should have, like, I know, like, in hindsight and history and everything, you, you think, okay, how did that name ever go through? But the fact that they still haven't landed on a new name and um, I think, is it the Edmonton, was it the Edmonton Eskimos as well? Like Eskimos, the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. CFL team that were changing their name and, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of controversy, obviously, around using uh, Native uh, Native American imagery, but I think the Chicago Blackhawks have kind of flown under that radar because um, it is not really seen as something that they're appropriating, but it's actually, I guess, part of their heritage. Yeah. Joe? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's if anything, the logo may change, but I think the name, I think, is is okay. Um, there was a story that came out this week as well about um, uh, the Prince Albert Raiders, I think, or oh, Western yeah, Hockey League yeah. team, yeah. Who, who for mm. some reason thought that a a mascot which got banned in the 80s for it was an um, image of an Arabian Raider, why don't we just use that as our third jersey in 2021? And yeah. like how that gets across the line. Um, in the current day is just unbelievable even back in like the 80s is just stupid but um yeah so i think people are definitely more aware of the issues when it comes to sporting brands and sporting names like that um and i think the washington football i think they should just keep it as the washington football club i think it's quite a cool name because <laughs> okay it's like nothing else that the nfl's got it's kind of a, almost like a soccer major league uh, premier league kind of name yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Blackhawks name logo, I think is one that will stay, um, at the moment, but who knows how, um, things could change down the line. All right. So my final question on the Cappuccino is normally a eulogy question, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. What I'm going to do is I'm <laughs> going to say to you, what's your perfect year in hockey? I know what yours is going to be, Logan, straight away, that the Leafs win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. But, so what's a perfect year for you in, in hockey terms? Uh, um, you go first, Joe. <laughs> I think there'd be no COVID. There'd be no stoppages. Um, so people in New Zealand or across the world can play. Like, So we could play in the, in the Auckland Senior League or I battle around and the NZHL can have a full season. The, the Women's League can have a full season. Um, kids can play hockey and not have these stupid stoppages and um, we can have the BHL in the summer and just a year of non-stop participation I think would be good mm-hmm. um, over watching Anaheim win, a, win another Stanley Cup which I don't think is going to happen for a very long time um, <laughs> but just yeah a year of um, no interruption and being able to get back into the rink and play and not mm. have to think about all oh, what happens if we have another lockdown, not having that that dread yeah. um, in the back of your mind and just being able to just go to the rink and play hockey and hang out with your friends and just sit in the changing room and drink beers and recover from being a minus four. Yeah, because yeah. the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the irony of uh, us standing outside NZ IHL games, like that first Marco game, obviously, I was taking pictures and sending it back to my friends in Canada and they're like, oh, my God, you guys can actually still do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's funny how the tables have turned there. Yeah, literally. But, you know, hey, look, it would be a great thing. Logan, what about you? What's your perfect year in hockey? Uh, well, 2022 is actually, I mean, 
all going well will be a massive year for hockey. Of course, I would love the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. Like, there's there's no uh, disguising that. But it is an Olympic year for hockey. Um, we've just come out of an amazing WHF Women's World Championship. We had the the Men's World Championship earlier as well. Uh, they were great games, and you know we can see that where the level of game is at for both the men's and the women's. It's great that we finally get the NHL players back to the Olympics, having that best on best tournament, which is what everyone wants to see. Uh, it is going to do great things for really selling the game in different parts of the world. And then same with the women's. You know we've seen the the nwhl now rebrand and be be the premier hockey federation and and remove that women's tag and try to be more inclusive um you know to trans athletes and you know and any other communities that want to be part of something that obviously isn't more men's hockey um and the fact that we're going to have all that and it all come together and if all things go well no disruptions like joe was saying um 2022 could be a magical year for hockey all around the world and i i got to give a real special uh mention to our, our brothers and sisters over in australia because they've had what well, we've had some hockey they've had mm. next to none um for a long time now the the australian league has barely done anything the australian women's league has barely done anything and you know there's been no national teams teams are getting pulled not going to the worlds uh, that's for both australia and new zealand um so if we do get to have all the hockey that we're hoping to have in 2022. I think it could be probably one of the best years uh, of hockey that we've seen for some time. And on that note, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. I know that you're both extremely busy. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, oh, hey Brian, when um, can I ask you a question? When mate? are we going to see the first New Zealand police ice hockey team? Because yeah. there's a few good players like Jazz. Um, Regan. She's a, a police woman yeah. and she's an amazing hockey player. So how... How far away are we seeing that? And like you guys take on the fire department like they do in New York, which would be awesome. Yeah, who knows? Uh, let's hope it's not as tasteful as the New York fire department and the New York police department <laughs> games. Um, I don't know. Um, I would say probably 10 years away. I don't think we've yeah. got the depth, to be fair. But yeah, it's definitely worth something looking into. Um, I'm going to be having a chat to uh, a police officer who's also a dog handler who plays in the NZIHL uh, in, a, in a wee while. Uh, and you, yeah, I'll ask him that question. I'll find out if he would come back. Yeah, I already know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Yeah, so all good. Thanks for listening. But please do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Cappuccino podcast. Real people, real stories.